Hey, 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 everybody. How are you all guys doing? Welcome to the Wimper Podcast, where we talk about all the goofy stuff related to space, astronomy, deep tech, AI, and a lot more to learn about which you won't find much in a conventional form of education. of the Wimper Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Divyansh Kunjan, and today we have a very special guest on the show, uh, Mr. Professor Isaac Bari. Um, he is just 11 years old, and he's the youngest professor in the world. Uh, he's also been named as the genius of our time, the Einstein of our time. And uh, let me introduce you to uh, the audience, Professor Bari. So uh, he's a prodigy and has been recognized for his abilities in mathematics and science. He has been featured on several news articles and television uh, shows, and he has also been awarded several prizes for his accomplishments. So Borno uh, was born in New York City in 2012. He started showing an aptitude for mathematics and science at a very young age, and he was able to solve complex mathematics problems at the age of three. He was, uh, and he was reading college-level textbooks by the age of five. And so Soborno was uh, uh, also uh, an author of several mathematics and science uh, books. He has also given lectures at universities and other organizations. Uh, he's a strong advocate for science and STEM education, and he has spoken out about the importance of encouraging young people to pursue careers in science and mathematics. Soborno is a remarkable young man in uh, and have his, his having a bright future ahead of him. So let me tell you some of the specific achievements that Soborno has had. Uh, he won the Global Child Prodigy Award from Nobel Laureate Kalash Satyarthi. He received recognition from former President Barack Obama for his accomplishments in math and science. He also got accepted into New York's uh, New York City's Gifted and Talented Program at the age of six. And he authors several books on mathematics, and in those include La Love and Manish, which was later published in India. Uh, he has also given lectures at universities like Harvard Online, and he has also spoken about the importance of STEM education and encourage young people to pursue careers in science and mathematics in various other universities around the world, including India and South Africa. I hope that is quite a good enough introduction. If anything, there is to add from your side, Professor Bari, uh, I would love to know. No, uh, you've listed uh, most of what I've done over these past few years. Mm -hmm. uh, and one more thing. So I got to know, I actually have a question related to that in the episode, but uh, I also got to know that Professor Bari is going to uh, apply to Harvard uh, in order to pursue his bachelor's in physics. Uh, I guess you're going to do that this year or is it next year? Uh, I think either December of this year or early next year. Right. Uh, cool. So, uh, and by the time he would be my age, he would be pursuing his PhDs, uh, according to him. So, yeah, uh, I think uh, he has, obviously, we all can see he has a great future uh, in front of him. And uh, shall we just move on to ask the questions, Professor Barry, or is it something else that you would like to convey? No. Uh, there was. Oh. Let's start. All right. Uh, so just <laughs> get that up. Um, yeah. So um, my first question is, how much of what you are today 
as a child prodigy you think is because of what uh, your natural ability is or people like to call it god gifted instinct uh, that you're so good at whatever you do uh, or is it just you think that is mostly hard work and pure hard work or less talent or uh, anything unrelated to that at such an unnaturally young age i th- uh i think it's mostly hard work that goes into it uh because i was just a normal kid with a passion for math when mm-hmm. i was maybe one one and mm-hmm. a half and mm-hmm. my parents were the one who raised me to persevere and to work hard and to study hard so right. that i would study even outside of my schooling and yeah. that's uh, how i got to where i am today so mm. it's all well mostly hard work mm. um this particular episode is what i'm going to try is trying to understand how your brain particularly works because considering that you are in grade 12 in at the age of 11 means that you certainly understand really complex stuff that might be some, something that is unnatural for someone at the age of 11 pretty easily right uh, i do a lot of mistakes in mathematics and science while solving questions uh, i'm 17 i'm in grade 12 but yeah uh, so uh, next question probably uh, i usually ask these to high schoolers even phd's and scholars so uh who are usually above 20 so uh, i would love to know what your idea of god is as a physicist well to be honest i don't really have a physical definition of god yeah. none yeah. of us really have because uh, none of us have gotten any cold hard evidence but mm-hmm. uh, what i believe is that god doesn't just reside up in the sky but god resides inside all of us giving us that pension that mm-hmm. natural talent in any field whether it be math or writing or art or science mm-hmm. No. I see. God is what gives us that talent. Mm-hmm. Um so would you define yourself as someone who's particularly non-religious or are you religious? I am somewhat religious. I do follow uh the rules of my own religion. Uh but uh, since I'm 11, I don't really strictly adhere adhere mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. all of the rules of Islam yet. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh so you said that particularly you don't try to imagine god as a physical being right you don't want the you won't don't want your particular imagination of god to be something that is physical has a has a form form in itself um so like what do you imagine it like like is it a form of energy um just a thought what 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 do you think is it is it according to you I'm not sure honestly, but I feel like it's useless to define God as some physical thing when mm-hmm. for centuries we've defined God as something beyond this physical plane. Mm-hmm. So why are we defining something that's beyond our physical plane in terms of what we can understand? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a two-dimensional being trying to imagine a three-dimensional object. Right. I see. Um but then what would you like to say to those people especially the one of the oldest religions in the world that is followed by almost 1.5 not particularly 1.5 but at least a billion people uh, <clears throat> around the world uh, which 
basically con- constitutes the idea of god being a physical being having a physical form if that is the case well i'm not sure uh, actually uh, i mean if you have any evidence of mm-hmm. god being some any physical manifestation of god then mm. i mean please show that to me but mm. we don't have any physical manifestation of god that we have seen uh, see. god is something beyond our plane and it's useless mm-hmm. to try to describe him with what we know hmm uh okay well um so okay i'll move on to another question i'll else I'll, i'll just can confuse myself so as we've seen the advancement of machines further and further in our society uh since the very beginning and now that we also have quality ai in the hands of the masses do you think that the ability of humans to store memory will go irrelevant as it's not something new that machines can store more than us humans in the long term well i mean you could say the same thing in mm. 2000 when all of those internet services were coming out i mean mm. there are ways to almost permanently save anything you say on the internet and even if you don't remember something you said others certainly will because uh everything on the internet leaves behind a trace or a trail right. mark However, that has not stopped humans from retaining information because the internet is not everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, is the internet there when you're driving? Well, certainly not if you want to pay attention to the road. And a similar way, I don't think AI is going to particularly completely deplete our mm-hmm. human's memory capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh though I think my question uh I would say I think I would need a better answer because I don't particularly understand or maybe agree to that whatever you want to call it but um my uh, let me let me try to formulate it this way even if let's say our abilities to store mem- store information deep depletes which I think is very unlikely because we are just biological and it uh, it happens either because of evolution or whatever and uh, I think and i want to know where whether our ability to still be able to store store things in our memory would be relevant um because as you said okay um you're say saying uh, in some form of extreme situation where people might remember what you said or even though you might remember what you say uh because uh you might get into an argument or whatever maybe you're going you're doing a debate on a talk show or tv show and in that case certainly you might need uh whatever you said before in case you're a tv or media personality right uh but that is an extreme case that is like the top 0.1% of the population even tries to get into that or anything like that yes yes right so yeah uh yeah you can continue on with your answer if you have that All right. So what I meant by that was not like being on a talk show, but I'm sure we've all been on some sort of internet forum at some point. And mm-hmm. anything you can say on there can be traced back to you. And mm-hmm. what I mean is that in specific, we have things like documents or Google Docs or Word that saves everything we write. So can't mm-hmm. we just write all our memories down there so that yeah. we uh, don't mm-hmm. have to remember everything? Certainly. Well, we 
we have still retained our memory and no one really tries to go through the effort of storing mm -hmm. all of their memory into mm -hmm. a technology like Google Docs mm -hmm. because it's just not worth it. Uh, and you could lose all your memory mm -hmm. uh, because of some sort of catastrophic event uh, that mm -hmm. happens to your Google Docs. Trust mm -hmm. me, it's happened to me a few times, mm -hmm. but still, well, no one, even though we have several applications that mm. save things for you, that, that hasn't made our memory deplete in its ability. So mm -hmm. uh, that I think that means that AI, even though it may decrease our ability to retain memory, mm -hmm. it will not completely uh, mm -hmm. eradicate it. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, and what are your thoughts and opinions on these large language models failing to do basic arithmetics that actually computers were able to do before without AI, actually? Yeah. I mean, they're language models. They're trained yeah. on words. So they don't really have much basis for uh, uh, arithmetic and addition and subtraction. But yeah. certainly, I'm pretty sure it would be easy to just incorporate a calculator into one of these language models. Then again, uh, the other day, I did ask ChatGPT to solve five arithmetic problems for me, and it got them all incorrect. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're saying you, you, it got them all incorrect? Yes. Okay, well, cool. Um, so one of my aims, as I said in this conversation, is to understand how your brain works. And I would like to know what makes you or anyone uh, different or exceptional from the rest. Like maybe somebody like you, you know, there might be a few more people at the age of 11 who are maybe able to solve mathematics, uh, complex mathematics. Uh, and uh, it is, is it because of your intellect, your speed of thought, your perspective of thinking or looking at things or something else or a combination of a few sets of those remarks and abilities? I believe it's just that my parents uh, nurtured me to mm -hmm. do hard work mm -hmm. and to try and pursue my passion to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere out there, um, uh, imagine there's a village where a really smart kid mm -hmm. who thinks intuitively in math and science is born. But mm -hmm. since no one else has those kinds of concepts of math and science, they don't understand just how smart he is. And so they don't nurture him, but instead force him to be like all the others. But mm -hmm. if you nurture that talent, then uh, the child will grow up to change the world. So I believe that it's a combination of some natural talent and uh, just being nurtured by my parents to do this hard work. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just that I had a passion for science when I was small, and that's it. Maybe you have a passion for writing. I'm sure you have a passion for interviewing other people. As you said, you've interviewed very prestigious people in the past. Mm -hmm. And all of us have that small talent inside us. And if we nurture that talent, like you are now, by interviewing other people, then we can grow. Mm -hmm. Well, it depends also on what level of talent you're talking about. Like, um, you could either be the valedictorian of your school or you can either be someone at the age of 11 solving complex mathematical problems, right? Um, anyways, uh, 
So you're saying that uh, whatever you are today, most of it is because of the way you nu- you were nurtured by your parents. Um, how do you teach a one and a half year old to do math? If I may ask. <laughs> That's a tricky question because uh, one, I haven't seen many one and a half year olds and two, also one and a half year olds I've seen, I don't quite like. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure how, would you, uh, how you would teach a one and a half year old who mm-hmm. po- uh, who poops everywhere and who doesn't understand basic arithmetic to right. do math. But I'm sure that it's a combination of incentivization and just uh, t- and just like taming the baby's wrath. Right. Um, okay, I would like to know a bit of your political views since I've seen that every time you interview you get interviewed, uh, you have the American flag behind you. Uh, are you patriotic towards America? And on the scale of 1 to 10, what uh, would be your score? Uh, well, I still love my country, even though uh, there have been some bad things relating to it in the past. And mm-hmm. personally, I w- would give the U.S. Now, this may anger some people who would give it lower. This may anger some people who would give it higher. Well, I'm going to give it maybe 8 out of 10. All right. Okay. That's, uh, I mean, how are you so certain with whatever you are saying? Like, do you have no Uh, doubt? (laughs) Wow, you're really trying to gaslight me here. Uh, I... I still love my country no matter what because yeah. it's where I was born. Even though there are some issues with it that have arisen in the past, uh, to be particular, things like the homeless problem, uh, the mm-hmm. fact that you need health insurance to get a good treatment, uh, and all of that co- kind of stuff. But I still think that America, uh, for most people, has better living conditions than of a lot of other countries, which is mm-hmm. why I would rate it 8 out of 10. Oh, okay. Um, well, you've got some pretty prestigious and honorable achievements in your life so far. And uh, I would love to know what your ambition for the future is. Like, what uh, do you see, how you see yourself, not just like five years ahead in the future, maybe like, like, particularly, I would also know what you want to do in life later on, but yeah. Uh, so, first of all, I really want to get my PhD, although you mentioned that in the intro, so yeah. I'm sure you already know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to become, I want to get a PhD so I can become a full-time official professor in math and science in a prestigious mm-hmm. university, because all it takes is one good teacher to instill passion into a student. And uh, just as well, I've learned it a few times, uh, it takes one bad teacher to completely extinguish that passion. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, I hope to become an inspiring teacher for yeah. uh, those sh- students instead mm-hmm. of just being some boring person who writes on a blackboard all day long and never mm-hmm. actually gets to explaining everything. I really mm-hmm. hope that one day I can be someone who is a role model for other people and uh, who inspires other people to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take an example of a particular role model who is also might be who might be a scientific researcher or professor right now at some prestigious university. Who is your role model in that set of framework right now? Uh, well, right now, 
I feel mm-hmm. like there haven't been any, oh, oh gosh, that uh, controversial statement. I'm not going to get into that. But um, I don't really quite have any alive role models of right now. Uh, okay. I just... I mean, I'm scared of AI, which is the most prominent scientific discovery that's going mm. on right now. And I'm not really into medicine either. In math and science, uh, there aren't many people uh, alive right now who are interested in abstract math or uh, advanced math of physics. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, one of my idols is obviously Einstein, but uh, he's not quite alive anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, okay. Uh, well, yeah. uh, so what, what, what intrigues you more, applied or pure mathematics? Uh, well, personally, I'm not one for engineering, uh, mm-hmm. particularly right. since... Yeah, particularly since uh, I think I didn't do that well on my final. But still, I'm not one for engineering, which is basically applied math and physics. So uh, I believe uh, I'm more intrigued by pure math, uh, math like competition math, which Mm -hmm. doesn't see any real application yet, but Mm -hmm. probably will see an application in the future. Well, could you just uh, give a layman introduction to our audience what applied and pure mathematics is? Like, differentiate them, right? Pure mathematics is mathematics that is done without... Oh, even a telemarketing call. Uh, Applied mathematics is Hmm. mathematics done with a purpose or goal in mind, while pure mathematics is just math done for the sake of math, math done without any sort of purpose in mind, and just done uh, to advance our knowledge. So even though some people may see pure math as having no point, I just find it intriguing to work mm-hmm. with those kinds of numbers. Mm-hmm. I would also like to know, like, at the age of 11, how much time you actually put into something like maybe solving questions on mathematics, physics, chemistry, whatever. Um, what might be something that may, may sound ideal? Like, you know, how many hours a day do you think you spend on it? Huh. I would say maybe uh, six or seven. Uh, because mm-hmm. I usually spend my day doing two practice exams which are each uh, one and a half hours. And I also uh, do some, I also do some work for my two mentors uh, right now. Uh, One of them is helping me work on a mathematical paper. And I've been working on that for maybe two, maybe three hours every day. And finally, I make several videos a day, uh, all on math and physics. So Mm -hmm. that could maybe also two hours. So I'd say six or seven hours in total a day. Uh huh. And well, you said if you apply to that other working hours, you might go to ten or eleven. Yeah. Uh. So. Where was I? Yeah. Um. So I was trying to also know. Uh. Well. You've been able to 
you know, speak at various prestigious universities. Even you came to India, uh, you went to South Africa, and you were named named a laureate. Um, so, like, what is the feeling like at the age of eleven to be getting so much of respect from all these people around you? Well, to be honest, I feel nervous a lot of times. I was pretty nervous before this interview because uh, I almost forgot who the... Uh, because, I mean, I feel nervous every time before an interview uh, mm-hmm. because I don't want to screw up and say something bad on camera. But uh, still, it's pretty exciting for me. And sometimes if I feel too stressed, I just try not to take in uh, whatever is going to happen right now. And mm-hmm. sometimes I can do that by just solving problems or taking a break and relaxing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, you're, well, you're specifically good and have been claimed to be good at chemistry. Like That's what you got, got your Global Child Award for, I guess. Global Child Prodigy Award. Um, and... <laughs> Well, what fascinates you the most, particularly uh, in chemistry? Uh, well, I'm not sure why I got the Global Topology Award in chemistry. I personally think I should have gotten it in physics, but I'm not complaining. Yeah. But anyway, uh, chemistry is just fascinating because it's nice to know uh, how the common substances in our world uh, can react with each other and how those reactions can power the appliances that we take for granted every day, such as mm. the yeah. oven or the electric lamp or the mm. digital clock even. And mm. the LEDs that are being used uh, to power this, uh, the computer that mm. I'm having this interview on right now. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, chemi- uh, chemistry, uh, all of those reactions are being used everywhere in our life. And I just find it not only visually fascinating, when I mm. took uh, some, when I took a chemistry course last summer, it was uh, very nice to see all of those reactions happening in real time. But mm. I also find it just mathematically and scientifically fascinating. Um, right. And... I would also love to know how you use particularly large language models these days, like different tools, ChatGPT, maybe you're using Bard, Bing, and how you're using them if you're using them for different purposes. I really don't use them that much. Unlike my mm. brother, who really loves using ChatGPT for everything, uh, mm. he once tried to convince me to use it for a big school project that was due in three days. Uh, So I tried using it and it completely failed. Uh, So Mm. I had to make the entire thing by hand, which Mm. took me a lot of stress, but eventually I got 100 on that project. So after that, I just didn't trust ChatGPT anymore. Although I have been using it for a a few times in an upcoming project of mine. that I, where I'm working to uh, spread uh, interest in, in math among children all over the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so is, is your you know, particular apartment, um, apartment what, what I mean by that is you try to stay away from ChatGPT or maybe other models base, basically because they do most of the things that you try to do with them wrong uh, they do it wrong and then 
you basically think that you have wasted quite a good amount of your time. Is it because of that reason that you don't use them? Yes, that's the number one reason. And number two is that it just doesn't feel uh, genuine. It doesn't feel like I've actually put thought into it if mm. I just type a few words into ChatGPT and mm. it generates an entire book for me. Well, uh, okay. How much would you score yourself on the scale of 1 to 10? You are good at prompting. <sighs> Maybe 6 because a lot of times chat uh, a lot of times chat gpt uh has given me a few things that i don't want so i have to ask for them in separate prompts and a lot of the time chat gpt has responded to me with error there's too much traffic i cannot mm -hmm. respond to you right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. uh so i don't think that i'm the best at uh, prompting them mm -hmm. Uh, or chat TPT, but right. I have certainly got some okay results uh, mm -hmm. with what I asked chat TPT right now. So you're better than the average human? Um, would you call yourself that? Well, you're yeah. certainly better than someone who would be in my locality, to be honest, because nobody uses chat GPT here. I'm the only one, maybe. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I think maybe. <laughs> okay. But I'm not sure. Cool. Uh, well, you're one of a kind and genius of sorts, as I told you in the beginning. So I would love to know how... Okay, I already asked this, right? Well, whatever uh, you're able to contemplate and calculate, and I've heard uh, you talk on super heavy problems, uh, you know, like when the professor at Jane University asked you the question related to harmonics and the behavior uh, of particles in a periodic motion, and you know, uh, more about this better than me. Um, does all of this thinking and calculation just come intuitively to you? Or like, is this like something that might be really complex to some other human sounds super obvious to you, even though, uh, yeah, if you, if you, if you just compare yourself to a regular science student. Well, I'd say that there are some problems that also require me to actually think it out. But mm. something like, um, I don't know, the research examination, which we mm. have only here in New York State, is probably mm. considered very easy uh, mm. in India because I'm sure they have way harder exams yeah, yeah. for yeah, high sure. school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but problems like those only require one step, so they're pretty simple for me. But problems like, uh, uh, do you know about the advanced placement program? Uh, no. Could uh, you introduce me to that? Uh, yeah. Just tell me what it is. Yes. Uh, it's uh, basically a program for students who want to uh, do more advanced subjects like AP English. Oh, yeah, I know that. I know AP Calculus, yeah. AP English, AP History, whatever. Yeah, yeah. these subjects. But yeah. they don't happen here. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> uh, the AP Physics 1 exam has some free response questions that really require me to think it out. And some of them I might have even gotten wrong, which I really hope I haven't. But still, um, a lot of problems don't really take much 
uh, intuition even for me to solve. But some of them that are quite lengthy and have like unclear starts take a lot of hard work and a lot of trial and error in order for me to finally find the start. Well, mm-hmm. once I find the start of the trail to the solution, I can quickly make it to the end. Oh, okay. Um, well, uh, over here, we don't have something like AP because uh, we generally have something relatively harder to what you see in the West in general. Um, that's why particularly, I don't know if this is a stigma or stereotype in general, but Chinese and Indian students are considered better than math and science in general than students in the West. But yeah. Uh, I don't know how true that is. Maybe st- the statistics, if somebody tries to search for it, uh, would know better. But yeah, um, so uh, this in a way is a difficult philosophical question now uh, that I guess quite a lot of people have asked themselves or other brilliant minds over the years. Um, what is more valuable according to you to be someone great or someone useful in the world? Would uh, What trait would be you know, the most probable uh, smartness or wisdom? I believe that wisdom is more important than intelligence, even though I don't have much wisdom because I've only lived on this earth for 11 years. Uh, but still, wisdom and experience is the application of smartness. If you uh, have intelligence but you don't have wisdom, you're just going to be spewing out things. You don't know how to articulate them, and you don't know how to apply them, and you don't know how to actually use them to change the world for the better. Or as if you have wisdom, if you have even one good idea, you know how that can change the world for the better because you have that much experience and you've seen uh, how things have happened before. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, so why do you think that wisdom is something that comes with age? Uh, I mean, age gives you more experience. Uh, it's, why can't uh, age give you why more don't, experience? Like, don't you think other, we can learn from others' experience? Uh, indeed we can, but for, uh, second hand is never the same as first hand. I'm sure uh, if you try to get something uh, from mm-hmm. someone else, they're not going to remember every little detail that might have been important to you. Uh, yeah, because sure. what, uh, what you and someone else uh, hold is important uh, are different. So if you have some second hand storytelling, then mm-hmm. they might have missed some part which you have considered extremely important because they don't care about it at all. Mm-hmm. So I believe that it's most important to experience it firsthand for yourself uh, because you can see all of the characteristics of the situation that are important to you and all of the characteristics that matter and all of the things which you uh, want to change that are being changed by your current situation. Mm-hmm. And what if someone argues that you, even though you experience it in first hand, right, um, you wasted enough time that you can't experience something else? What if somebody, that, somebody argues that? Uh, that doesn't really make sense because what is that something else that they well, want well, me to? Well, let's say you you're supposed to. Okay, let's say you're supposed to do a set of things. Um, well, maybe let's say you're starting a company. Um, you take five years to realize that you've been doing something wrong. 
maybe somebody or maybe just a mentor would have told you that don't do this, don't do this or don't do this. These are the seven things that you shouldn't do while you're starting a startup. You do all those seven things wrong for the first five years and now you're late. Um, what in that case? I mean, uh, if someone's already outlined the things that you shouldn't do wrong, uh, oh, if someone's already outlined the things that are wrong in your practice and you do all of them, that's probably your fault for not looking into it first. But if you're trying to invent something new and you make mm -hmm. mistakes, that's just part of the process. Nothing is going to come perfect uh, immediately. Uh, as mm -hmm. Thomas Edison once said, I know Thomas Edison wasn't the best person but one of his quotes uh resonated with me a lot uh i did not make 1000 mistakes while inventing the light bulb inventing the light bulb took me 1000 steps mistakes are a step in the process unless someone's already told you about those mistakes <laughs> cool great answer um well, uh, so this is going to be a particular shorter one. You've answered your questions really without jargon, which doesn't really happen on my episodes. People usually don't try to answer things in a precise and concise manner. But yeah, um, what's your message to the world and upcoming generations? Uh, persevere, uh, you should work hard. And if you see a passion in any of your children, you should try nurturing it. Uh, for example, I've seen this stereotype a lot that uh, uh, that Asians want their students, uh, want their children to become doctors and things like that. But yeah. if they have some sort of passion, uh, some sort of skill in writing or acting or music or or, or dancing or art or science or math or anything in general, you should try nurturing that talent because in some way, if that talent grows big enough, in some way, it will change the world no matter what. So mm -hmm. you should nurture your children's talents because mm -hmm. they will change the world. Uh-huh. Well, all right. Uh, so I guess this is the final question. Um, what are your thoughts on this conversation? What do you think? I think it was uh, pretty good. Uh, a lot of other interviewers uh, don't ask such, uh, such meaningful questions. A lot of the interviewers I've had asked the same questions over and over and over. And I've started to get really bored of the same mm -hmm. stale interview format. So mm -hmm. this was a very refreshing conversation for mm -hmm. me because it actually allowed me to think about an interview question mm -hmm. for the first time in a very long time. I tried my best to actually make you think, but I think you answered most of them really well. Uh, it's really intriguing to me to see that you're just at 11 and you've answered some of the questions that I don't think, you know, maybe some of my peers or whatever would able, be able to answer at the age of 17, 18, whatever. But yeah, um, Thank you, Professor Bari, for coming to the Wimper Podcast. Had a great time with you. Okay, everyone. So this was a particular short one. Uh, I guess this was the 24th, 25th episode of the Wimper Podcast. I usually forget. But yeah, uh, hope to see you again next time with uh, another new brilliant mind. Uh, another new story to tell you about the concept of space astronomy, physics, STEM, uh, whatever intrigues you and stay curious. Bye. Bye. Oh.